Uh, good morning, Heights family. How are we doing this morning? Good. Hey, I just want to kind of give you an update. If you were here last week, you heard our pastor talk about Bless Every Neighborhood, how we're encouraging our congregation uh, to be a blessing in your neighborhood. And there's a webpage you can go to and sign up for it, uh, about how we can pray for our neighbors, how we can serve our neighbors, uh, how we can possibly earn that right to share the gospel with our neighbors. So I just want to give you a little update on what happened this past week. You guys ready for this? It's pretty cool. Uh, in our congregation, uh, according to the app we just looked at a second ago, we adopted 4,215 families in our community that we committed to pray for. Yeah, you can clap for that. It's pretty awesome. Uh, 2050, we prayed, actually prayed for, uh, we had 78 acts of care, which means we went out, we helped the, uh, our neighbor do something uh, they need help with. We shared the gospel 53 times in our various communities. Uh, and so, and this says, disciple 12 people at least. So that's pretty cool, right? So we just started, that's just the first week. So we're hoping to get hundreds of thousands of prayers and neighbors adopted this year. So please check that out. Bless every home and send your bulletin. You can look at it as well. But super excited about the year ahead of us and hope you are as well. Uh, when you, it's kind of natural this time of year for us to kind of thinking about 2019, right? Uh, you probably have dates and stuff on the calendar already, what you're doing with your family, vacations lined up, but hopefully it's natural for you as well to have uh, maybe reevaluate 2018 as well. How was 2018? How did things go? What, I mean, what can I do better? Or maybe, hey, you're right on track and you're doing exactly what you wanted to do. You had a great 2018. You got to keep on keeping on. Or maybe you're like me because I have some slight improvements in 2019 and there's some things that I want to do to make 2019 a little better in 2018. And to tell me, be honest with you, 2018 uh, was kind of a rough year for me in some ways. I mean, nothing tragic happened, but, you know, I've always kind of been a pretty optimistic guy, you know, my whole life. I've always been a uh, glass half full type of person and not very pessimistic. But this past year, I tell you what, I struggled. I struggled this year kind of thinking the glass is half empty all the time. And I looked at our culture and and, uh, man, some church issues and different stuff going on. And I started becoming kind of down a little bit about some things and becoming negative. And that was a new experience for me. I'm not a naturally a negative person. And so I thought I needed some help to figure out why do I feel like so just down about things in my life and, and, and our culture and everything else. And, and so I did what most of us do when we have some really hard questions. I turned to the internet and look for some answers, right? You guys did that. Uh, mostly I turned to YouTube this past year a lot and started Googling, why am I feeling so negative? Why am I so bad? Please help me out. Uh, and so as I started searching things out, uh, I don't know if you guys have been to YouTube much or not. I, I, I've been more than I want to admit this past year. Uh, but I got really distracted because I have a lot of interest right? And so I'm trying to find answers to life, which I shouldn't go there in the first place to figure those answers out. But I, I got kind of distracted. I have a lot of hobbies. I don't know. And I have so many hobbies, I actually listed them for you because I couldn't remember them all uh, when I have. But let me tell you some of the hobbies I've had over the years. And when I was Googling uh, how to help myself, I got distracted a little bit with YouTube videos because a lot of stuff were on there. So over the years, I don't know if you guys did, I mean, I, I've been a scuba diver. I've had an interest in that. Uh, I took some art classes, painting a little bit over the years. Uh, metal detecting, I thought I'd find some lost gold someplace, so I've done that for a while as well. Surfing, fishing, 
Uh, I got really into photography for a while. I got a camera and all kinds of stuff and read a bunch of things. Uh, backyard barbecuer. That was me for a period in my life, smoking ribs and brisket in my backyard, becoming a pit master. I failed miserably at that. Uh, fitness training, cycling, running. You know, it's pretty bad because I was talking to uh, my family this week at, at the dinner table, kind of going over my message and talking about different things I was going to talk about, some hobbies I had. And my two daughters, attending six years old, oh, Dad, you forgot some of them, okay? Let me tell you, since we've been around, here's what you've been into. You know, my one daughter said, you love coffee. You talk a lot about coffee. Recently, and your latest hobby right now I, I'm doing is woodworking. So I consider myself a woodworker, right? And so I uh, started about a year ago. I, I built our our family a kitchen table. Uh, the guy in our neighborhood named Bob Snow, he goes to church here, but he's a woodworker. So he helped me make a kitchen table. And so I really enjoyed doing that. I just moved offices here at the church from being back here to way over there. And I built a table for in there. And so I'm really enjoying the woodworking. And so Obviously, there's millions of videos on that as well. So I got pretty distracted, you know, trying to figure out the answer to my, my woes this past year. But the reality is, man, my problems weren't going to be solved because I Googled something or I looked at the internet and watched a YouTube video. I, uh, and I didn't find my answers there, um, why I wasn't quite feeling normal. And as I started thinking through the year and praying through, God, what's going on? Why am I'm turning into this negative guy, right? Why am I being so pessimistic? What is it? And, and I, I landed on it. And, and I think it's a common issue that I dealt with this year. Maybe it's a common issue for you that you dealt with this year, or maybe more so than you like to admit as well. But this year, I became someone who, who worries. I worry about stuff. I, I've never really worried about much in my life. And I can't tell you in Scripture, when you stop, you step over the line from healthy concern to worrying. Uh, but I stepped over that line this year because I did. I became kind of negative uh, um, about things, about situations. I, I wasn't giving people the benefit of the doubt, which I hate because I always want the benefit of the doubt, but I wasn't doing that naturally. I was kind of thinking, uh, not thinking so highly of some people. And um, and worst of all, and I'm a pastor, I, hate them, I had a hard time spending time with the Lord this year. I, really, I struggled with that, you know? And so I, I couldn't figure out why things were happening. But man, I, I became a worrier this past year. Someone who worries about life, worries about things. And I don't know if that's common for you. I assume it is. Uh, but it wasn't common for me. And so I started praying and thinking about how, man, what can I do, God? I, I don't want to be someone who worries. I don't want to be someone who goes through life as too overly concerned with things. And, and so as I started studying and researching and praying, I found some things out. First of all, I found the scripture has some answers for us, uh, which I'll share with you today. But also, I, I found this out, and I kind of knew this, but I, maybe I didn't think much about it. You know that worrying is actually a sin? Do you know that? Worrying is a sin, and Jesus himself addressed it. It's, such, it's a sin, and it's not something packed away in the book of Leviticus someplace, you know, where you've got to try to dig through and find it. No, Jesus himself addresses worry as being a sin in our life. And we're going to actually go to a passage of Scripture today and see where Jesus actually talks about that and see if we can get some help on that. So I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34 today. We're going to take our text from there. And as you're turning, let me give you a little background information on Matthew. You may know this already, but if you don't, it might be new information for you. Um, Matthew is a gospel, one of, the go- one of the four gospels. And the gospel kind of tells the life of Jesus, and, and Matthew does that. And how Matthew tells the story of Jesus, he does it kind of narrative form. He tells some stories for the very first 
four chapters of Matthew. Uh, Jesus, I mean, Matthew is telling the story of Jesus' birth and some events were happening, kind of historical document stuff, you know, here's, here's who this guy is. But then we get in chapter 5, 6, and 7, Matthew says, here are like Jesus' teaching that he kind of, he taught us kind of in a nutshell, right? Here's his most important teachings that he taught, not chronologically, but just here are his main teachings. And in those main teachings, we find this in Matthew, uh, where Jesus addresses worry. So Matthew Chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. So I'll read this for you, and you can read along on your Bible, on your phone, or up on the screen here. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns, uh, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the, look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They, didn't work, uh, they don't work or make their clothing, yet in Solomon all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderful for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about the things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. As you read that passage of Scripture, Jesus addresses the whole idea of worry at least three times in it. And the very first thing Jesus says, stop worrying, okay? Just stop doing it. Now that's easier said than done, right? Stop doing it. So he goes on in verses 31 and 34 and says, hey, don't even start that process of worrying. Whatever gets you all round up where you start worrying about things, don't even start that process in the first place. Uh, And so I want you to realize a few things, man, about this. As a follower of Jesus, it doesn't even make sense that we worry, does it? We think about it. Doesn't it make sense? Why, as a follower of Jesus, do I need to worry? We believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, right? Uh, that God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything around us. Uh, that Jesus' death and resurrection uh, paves our way to relationship with him and, and eternal life in heaven with God. But yet, God can do all these things. He can create us, do other things. But yet, we worry sometimes that God can't take care of maybe the, the small trials we have in our life right here and now. So as a follower of Jesus, man, as I started thinking about this, man, it doesn't even make sense that I worry. You think about it, worrying really is the opposite of having faith, isn't it? When we worry, we're doing the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing is having faith that God's going to take care of us. And as I started researching worrying as well, because I was concerned, man, I don't want to be a person who worries my whole entire life. I found some things. You know that many, time, many types of mental and physical illnesses are result, direct result of excess worrying. Did you know that? Many times mental and physical illness are a result of excess worrying. Uh, and that was surprising to me to figure out. Do you know that many people who are addicted to drugs began their addiction because they tried to medicate their worries and their concerns? And then you know also, as, as you start worrying, probably some of the worst decisions I ever made in my life, maybe some of the worst decisions you ever made in your life, were a result of worrying sometimes. I just worried too much what people thought or what they didn't think, and I worried about that, and I made a decision I wish I wouldn't have made. And 
Worry is a sin, and it's not really a healthy way to go through life, is it? And so, I'm going to help you today through God's Word and then give you a gift that you can give yourself uh, the day you're ahead in 2019. Maybe give you a gift of having a, a worry-free life the year ahead of us. And I'm going to tell you how Scripture helps us do that, okay? So in light of my research this year on the Internet and YouTube, I came up with six Bible hacks uh, that will help you defeat the sin of worry in your life. Six Bible hacks help you defeat the sin of worry in your life. So I want you to turn to um, uh, Philippians chapter 4. We're going to get the first three of these in the book of Philippians, okay? The first three hacks that we can get to uh, defeat the sin of worry in our life. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 6, we'll start there. So as you're turning to Philippians, let me give you a little background information on the book of Philippians. Uh, You guys know who wrote Philippians? Paul, yeah, the Apostle Paul wrote. You know where he wrote the book of Philippians from? Rome, and he was in jail when he wrote that, okay? So if someone had cause to worry, I would think someone in jail in Rome, not there for a misdemeanor in jail, but there sentenced to die, would have something to say about worry, right? And so as you talk to some people who studied the book of Philippians, you may have heard this before as well, and it's very true about the book. It's called Paul's Letter of Joy, right? Someone who's in jail, you wouldn't think to be very joyous, right? But that's exactly what that letter is called. And so if someone had something to say about worry, how to live joyously in the midst of a pretty rough situation, uh, I think I would listen to what Paul has to say about that. So here it is, as we read verse uh, 6 right here, the first part of it. Paul says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So there you go. Your very first Bible hack is this. When you start to worry, begin to pray. Start praying, okay? When I start worrying this past year, and I started kind of handling this a little better than I did previous earlier in the year, God, I, I start praying. God, I, gosh, I'm worried about this, Lord. This concerns me. And I lift it up in prayer. But when we pray about things, I think a lot of times we just stop there, right? We pray about it. We kind of walk away. We don't do anything else about it. And then we go back the next day. God does answer my prayer. But also, when we pray, there's some things that we have to do to take some action on our prayers as well, okay? Very few times in my Christian life that I ever just pray about something and not have to take any kind of action afterwards. Most of the time when I'm praying about something, God's going to give me something during that prayer time through his words. Okay, now you need to go do this. Okay? And so that's what Paul does as well. So the very first thing he says, when you start worrying, then you need to start praying. But here you got to do, you can take some action. You can take it a step further than that. And so our hack number two, we'll find continuation in that verse, six and seven. It says this, tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. I love that last part. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So your second half, you begin to pray, and as you start praying, we start doing what? You start being thankful, right? God, I'm start counting my blessings in my life, thanking you for your goodness in my life. And almost every prayer that I pray as a default, I start, dear God, thank you. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my home. Thank you for the goodness in my life. It's a great practice to have because God says, as you become thankful, guess what happens? Read that verse. As you become thankful, then you will experience God's peace. It exceeds everything you can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind and lives in Christ Jesus. When we're worried, we're not in peace, are we? Man, we're in turmoil, right? But God says, you start thanking me? 
I mean, I'll give you my peace. And a lot of times when we do hospital, when I do a hospital visit, one of the prayers I pray for people are sick because when you're in a hospital, it's, a, it's not fun, right? And you worry a little bit. You know, what's going to happen? How the surgeon's going to turn out? What the doctor's going to tell you? And one of the things I pray for people all the time is, God, give me your peace. Man, ease their thoughts and their minds. And I encourage them to think of things they're thankful for. And so as you pray and as you begin thankful, God says, guess what? I'm going to give you my peace that will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And that's not my promise to you. That's God himself promise to you. And so your first two hacks, you need to, we start worrying, you're supposed to do what? Number one? Yeah. Number two, you do what? Number, be thankful. And let's go find out what number three is right here. Continue in Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. And what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So number three, first, man, I'm going to pray. I'm going to thank God. Then I'm going to think, be positive. I'm going to think about good things, things that are, that are honorable, that are right, that are true, that are lovely, that are admirable. Because I tell you what, when I worry, I don't, be, I don't think about those things, do you? I'm thinking about how horrible things are, how my life's falling apart, and what's going to happen. I'm not thinking about those things whatsoever. But as we start praying through our worries and our concerns, and we start being thankful, thank God for what He's done, then we've got to start doing something else. The third thing, man, we've got to start thinking about things that are pure and right. We've got to th- fix our thoughts a little bit, right? I don't think of things that are right and pure and honorable. And as you start doing those things, God will deliver you, man. He'll deliver me. And he's delivered from worrying uh, about the little trivial things of life that we go through sometimes. And so the very first three hacks we have are, I think, are real practical steps, right? They're really practical. Anyone in this room can do that. And if you practice those three things, uh, man, this year, as you kind of journey through your walk with Christ, man, you can actually be delivered, I believe, from having a life that you're worried about. Because God promises that. not my promise. God said, hey, if you start thanking me, guess what? I'm going to start giving you my peace. I'm going to start walking with you. I'm going to start encouraging you. I'm going to start changing your thought process. And so the very first three are practical. And the next three we're going to talk about, I think, are motivational. Because I don't know about you. I know a lot of right answers to stuff, but a lot of times I'm not motivated to do that, right? I know going to the gym, the workout is a great thing. Sometimes I'm not motivated to do that, though, right? So I need some motivational help. So hopefully these next three will motivate you to continue those first three. So we're going to find our next one, uh, Bible hack, in the book of Isaiah. So turn to Isaiah 41. Uh, we're going to look in verse uh, 10. Isaiah 41, 10. And as you kind of turn that, let me give you an idea about Isaiah. Well, we're going to, the passage we're going to read is not a promise to you or to me. Actually, God is talking to the, the nation of Israel. But what I want you to notice in this verse, there's a lot of verses I could use, but this is what I thought of first. It's going to tell you something about God's character that hopefully will encourage you, motivate you to be prayerful, thankful, and be positive when it comes to worry in your life. So here's what we're going to find out about God's character, hopefully motivate us uh, to do those very first three steps. Here it goes. In Isaiah 41, 10, it says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Number four, be mindful of God's strength. Be mindful of God's strength. Don't be 
Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Be mindful of God's strength when you're going through some struggles. There's nothing in life that you're ever going to face, no joy, no victory, no defeat, no sickness that God, that catches God by surprise. He knows. He knows what you're going through. He knows your struggles. He knows what's going to happen. When you get sick, man, he's like, oh, that surprised me. I don't know what to do. Man, wow. Well, what we're going to do now, God knows stuff. He is strong. He is powerful. Nothing you go through life is too powerful or too overwhelming for God to handle. And maybe you guys experience this in your own life, and I know I have. I know the times in my life that I am the weakest. I have the less to offer. That's times in my life where God is the strongest in my life. And he shows up the most in my life. And God and God always shows up in our life, but sometimes I don't notice it as much when things are going well. I notice that much more when I am weak and, and I can't do the things that I need to do on my own. I need help. And in those moments, man, God has shown himself faithful to me time and time and time again. And the truth of the matter is to you as well, man. He was strong, right, in your weaknesses. And so I want to be reminded in the midst of our worries and our concerns sometimes as we start praying, as we start being thankful, as we start being positive, that, man, God's powerful, man. He's going to take care of you. Man, there's nothing that you're going to face in life that is too big for God to carry with you. Okay, number five. Number five. And I want you guys to turn to the book of 1 Peter for these last two here. 1 Peter, uh, verses 5 through 9. Okay, 1 Peter, verses 5 through 9. I'll give you a second to get there. First Peter 5 through 9, here it goes. So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up and honor you and give your worries and cares to us, for God cares about you. Free one more time. So humble yourself under the mighty power of God. At the right time he will lift you up and honor you. Give your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Be confident that God cares for you and for me, not just as humanity or people who live on the planet Earth, but you individually, because God created you. He designed you. He crafted you. He cares about you on a personal level. I'll give you an example here. Um, I told you one of my hobbies is woodworking, right? Uh, I started my new hobby in. Well, um, I made this table uh, a few weeks ago, and I... It, <laughs> I love this table. One reason because I created also a notes history. I, I know where the wood came from. It came from my father-in-law's farm. It's a walnut tree. And uh, when I picked up the boards, they were kind of messy and dirty, so I got to take them home and clean them off and sand them and, and, and do the things that bring out the natural beauty in the woods and, and shine it up. And so when I finished it a couple weeks ago, um, I brought it out of, out, of, out of my workshop, which is my garage. I like saying that. I have a workshop. <laughs> in my garage, and I brought it out of my workshop, and, and I brought it into my dining room, and I set it on, on the ground, I turned the light on above it, and I just, I looked at it, oh, wow, that looks good, kind of walked all around it, and just kind of proud of it, you know, and, and then after I got my eye full of it, I, I went in the other room, and I sat down for like 10 minutes, and I sat there like, I need to go look at that table again. And so I went back in, I turned the light on, and I'm embarrassed to say I did it about a dozen times, okay? And this is a great table, man. I, I love that I, what I did with it. But I started thinking as I was doing the table and looking at it, I care about the table because I help craft it, I help create it. And I started thinking, 
mean, how much more does God care about me? He crafted me. He created me. And yeah, there were some rough edges that he had to sand off. And there's some real brokenness in my life that God had to heal. And he did those things, and he, he cares for me. If I didn't care for a silly table, I mean, how much does a loving Heavenly Father care for me and care for you, a God who loves limitlessly, who's, who, uh, whose justice is without error, a God who knows you intimately? And so when I start thinking about that, I also start reminding myself, man, I don't, I don't need to worry, man. God got me. He, he has you. He, he, he can take care of me. He loves me. He created me. Now, I might not be perfect, and I am not, by any stretch of the imagination. But you and me, we're, we're, we're beautiful in God's sight because he created us and he cares for us. So let that thought just sink in just a little bit this morning. We get so busy, I think, sometimes in life and our schedule that we don't, really put together that God cares for me individually. And what does that mean to your life and what implications does that have in your life if you understand that the God of the universe loves you, created you, cares for you? That's a heavy thought. And when you start understanding that, you start understanding that Worry shouldn't even be an option for me. The God that created the heavens and the earth, the stars and the sky, the God that died in my place, cares for me. I don't need to worry. He has me. So hack number five, man, God cares for you. So let's go through our first five real quick. The very first one is what? When you start worrying, you need to do what? Start praying. Number two? Yeah, be thankful. Number three? Yes. Number four? Yeah. Really good. Number five, God cares for you. And number six is this. Number six, we'll find the second part of our verse there in First Peter. says this. First Peter 5, 8, and 9. So stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. So I want you to realize something that we need to be alert to, right? We need to take action, need to be alert. Just because you're able to defeat a worry one time this week or the week before or even right now because you're kind of practicing, Satan's not going to give up. You're going to be challenged again. You have to be alert. And one thing I've learned over the last number of years, and the older I get, I learn this lesson more and more, is that a big part of being a follower of Christ is being consistent, right? Being consistent with what God's taught you to do, be consistently in God's Word, and be consistently alert that Satan's out to get you. He's out to get me. He wants to wreck lives. His plan is to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's Satan's agenda for you. Don't be fooled. That's what he wants to do. So just because you had a spiritual victory one week doesn't mean that next week you're going to have that same victory unless you kind of follow what God's prescribed for you to do. I don't know about you, but in my own life, I know the times I've had the biggest spiritual victories, it seems like a day or so after that is probably one of my biggest defeats as well, right? And so be alert. Even though you've had a great victory and you did some great stuff, and be alert that Satan's not going to give up on you. It's not a one-and-done deal. It's a journey following Christ. It's a journey being consistent 
in our faith and practicing these things we're talking about. I, I read a quote uh, last week when I was preparing the lesson here. It was awesome from Corey Ten Boom about worrying. You might want to write this down because I think it's that good, okay? She says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. Let me read one more time. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. I realize not, uh, that everyone in here is not going to quit worrying overnight. Okay, I have the tools. I'm going to finish overnight. But I will tell you, if you're consistently praying and thanking and thinking about things that are honorable and, and praiseworthy, then you can defeat worry in your life. You don't have to have a 2019 where you're just worried about everything. And believe me, there's a lot of things in, worry to be con- in the world to be concerned about and worry about. But it doesn't have to be our story because why? We follow a God who cares for us. We follow a God who is stronger than anything that we're going to face in this world. And so we don't have to worry, but it's a journey, right? You have to work on it day in and day out. You have to be consistent in your walk with the Lord uh, if you're going to defeat worry in your life. But wouldn't that be a great gift to give yourself in 2019 a worry-free 2019? I mean, that is a journey. That is a decision worth taking, isn't it? So my prayer is for you and for me that you'll remember what we talked about today. Remember that God's mighty power, right? That you don't have to go through the next year being someone who worries, but go through the next year being someone who is confident in God's power in your life and understand that he cares for you individually. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for, uh, God, just your goodness in our lives. And Father, thank you for Given this your word that's going that teaches us how to live life in such a way that brings you glory, that brings you honor, God, and also your word that gives us the help that we need, the practical help that we need. Lord God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you for just the opportunity you give us to gather on a weekly basis in your church to to learn about you. And, and my prayer is when you walk out of the building that you start living out the things you learn each and every week. And so, Father, thank you for being a strong tower for us. And I thank you for caring for us individually. And God, thank you for just being concerned about my everyday world. You're not a distant God who doesn't care. You're not a distant God whose hands are off. Your God is, is invested in every single detail of our lives. God, thank you, God, for crafting each of us in the special way you crafted us fulfill your ministry, your purpose in our life and in this world. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.